Hi, this is Mark Raven. This is the recording of a webinar that was presented on December 15th, 2016. Thanks for listening to our podcasts. It would be really helpful if, uh, if you're enjoying these, please go to iTunes or your favorite podcast directory and uh, leave a review, leave a star rating, leave some comments. Uh, it would be helpful in terms of helping get the word out about this content, helping us improve the podcast series. Um, so thank you for doing that and thank you for listening. Well, hi everybody. Welcome to our Kinexus webinar, our last one of the year. I am Mark Graben, the VP of Improvement and Innovation Services for Kinexus. I'm very happy uh, to welcome you. I'll be playing the role of host and moderator today uh, for our webinar titled Lifting the Curse of Year-End Reporting. Our presenter is going to be Jeff Roussel, our VP of Sales. Now, before I introduce Jeff and so before Jeff introduces himself and, and talks about the why me, uh, I want to introduce um, Jeff to you. Um, he's been a great part of the Kinexus team for uh, just over two years now. And you know, Jeff came to us. You know, I, I've worked with Continuous Improvement for 20 some, a little over 20 years. Um, Greg Jacobson, our CEO and co-founder, has really uh, been working uh, in organizations and with Kinexus around continuous improvement for a long time. You know, Jeff, for being relatively, for being new to continuous improvement when he joined the company, uh, has really uh, just soaked up a lot of knowledge and information um, about this approach. I've always been impressed with Jeff's passion for improvement and for our customers. Um, Jeff spends a lot of time talking to and listening to um, customers and, and prospects you know, Jeff has a really good sense of what people are struggling with out there related to continuous improvement, and, and that's why we're here at Kinexus is to help our customers solve problems and, and do a better job. So I couldn't be happier that, um, that he's part of the team and that he is our presenter today. So with that, I'll hand it over to you, Jeff. Great. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. And thank you all. For, for listening to me today. Hopefully this will turn out to be pretty helpful for you. Uh, I wanted to kind of follow up with, with what Mark said by talking a little bit about kind of why me, why am I doing this presentation? And, and I think Mark's right. Part of that comes from the number of conversations that I have about the problems that, that our customers have around continuous improvement. And, and I end up brainstorming with them constantly on ways to try to solve those problems. You know, and part of any good sales process is a discovery session where the goal of that is to learn about someone's problems and then try to figure out solutions to that. That's something that I do all day long. And so I, I hear a lot of common challenges from people about things like employee engagement and visibility and, uh, and culture building and things like that. But I'll be honest, the most common challenge that people bring up to me is reporting results and how to figure out and, and how to measure what they're doing in continuous improvement, how to know if they're being successful and, and how to develop a system where they can, they can see the results of their efforts. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some ideas for how, how you guys can get better at, at your end of year reporting and hopefully you know this time next year we'll we'll make the holiday season a lot less stressful in any way possible. 
So I wanted to start with a concept called the golden circle, and uh, it actually comes from one of my favorite business authors. His name is Simon Sinek, and we've used him before here at Kinexus, but he's a very deep thinker about leadership and about how we can influence others, and, and honestly, I'd recommend his books. He wrote a great book called Leaders Eat Last, and it's one that I read really at least once a year, but, but my favorite book of his is called Start With Why, and in it, he talks about how critical it is to, to tell people why something is important before trying to explain to them what you're going to do to fix it. So he talks about having to move from the inside of these circles to the outside as you try to solve a problem. And so, so to that end, I thought we'd start by talking a little bit about why continuous improvement reporting is important. Like any good webinar, I had to put numbers to the list that I made. So these are the six reasons why continuous improvement reporting is important. And so, so the first reason is that, and I think this holds true just about in any scenario that I've, I've seen, is we tend to measure what's important to us. And so for most organizations, you know, they'll, they'll pay lip service to continuous improvement and, and they'll, um, they'll say they want to do it, but when you start to measure it, then you start to hold people accountable to it. And when you start to hold people accountable to it, they realize that it's important to you. And so I think one of the key reasons of why we should measure continuous improvement is because it signals that it's important to us. I also think it's important to know where you are so that you know where you're going. And I think too many times we get into the habit of, of we just work as hard as we can and we try to you know, we let the chips fall as they, they may, and I think it's probably better if we figure out what the current situation is, and then we build a plan to get to the next step. But I think, again, reporting on continuous improvement, knowing where we are, is just extremely important. And I, I know, you know, we, we use acronyms like SMART goals and KISS and things like that, but I think it's important to realize that, you know, SMART goals mean something. Right? They're specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-based. Well, the second letter there is measurable. So if we're going to set goals and we're going to go and achieve those goals, we have to have a way to measure that. Right? The same thing goes with probably a lot of lean people on this call. Right? The PDCA, well, the C means something. Right? It means to stop and to check. And I, th I think I hear all the time people teach their organizations how to do this in their work processes, but they don't always apply the same discipline to the improvement process. So we have to slow down, we have to check, we have to make sure that we're moving in the right direction. Number five, I think that continuous improvement reporting helps executives to remain committed to improvement. I think I see this time and again, you know, oftentimes the improvement part of an organization is, is jumping up and down and trying to get attention for the work that they're doing. But if you can tie what you're doing back to business results, you can explain to your executives you know, how improvement is moving the needle, you'll be amazed at the level of commitment you'll get and then the amount of resources that you can end up using towards creating an improvement culture. 
And then last, number six, I, I think that reporting and continuous improvement helps in both bull and bear markets. And, and what I mean by this is, you know, when times are good, having an understanding of, of what's happening and, and being able to kind of toot your own horn and being able to talk about the successes that you have is extremely important. But I talk to people all the time that just go through leadership changes or or the, the organization kind of kind of wanes a little bit on the commitment to improvement. And I would consider that to be a bear market. And having reporting, having visibility, and having justification in what you're doing allows you to communicate the importance of improvement and allows you to keep doing what you're doing to, to, to add more resources to the fold. So, but at the end of the day, I think I, you know, the, the, the thing I hear and the challenge that I solve to people or I give to people all the time is you have to figure out your why. You have to figure out why you guys are doing continuous improvement and why it's going to be important for your organization to measure improvement effectively. And so I, I would really recommend that as you think through how to do better reporting, you know, start with why. It's going to be one of the more important questions that you answer. So if we start with why, based on the golden circle, the next question would be how. And so we can't answer how until we answer why, and then we can't answer what until we answer how. Right? And so, so what now what we're going to talk about a little bit is the how side of it. How are we going to attempt to solve this problem of doing continuous improvement reporting? And so I thought what we'd do is talk about some of the most common how questions that I get from our customers. And then we'll talk about maybe some potential solutions of, of those how questions. So let's take a look at the first one. How do we develop a system that provides deep insights but is still easy to use? I think this is something that I hear over and over and over again. Just about every customer that we talk to wants to be able to pull continuous improvement insights from across their entire organization. Uh, but I think quite quite frequently they, they just they either can't do it or it takes a Herculean effort to cobble things together from all the different teams and locations and et cetera. And so I think from hearing this just over and over again, what I've come to, to realize is that the problem most people run into is they're trying to pull together continuous improvement data from what I would call a Franken system. Right? And, and that's kind of a play on the, the Frankenstein, whatever, but ultimately it's a it's a name that came from one of our marketing automation partners. It's a company called HubSpot, and quite frankly, we, we love HubSpot. They're one of our favorite partner organizations. But they describe the challenge of trying to cobble together different types of solutions to try to solve what should be a cohesive problem. And I think that that is it happens every day in continuous improvement. We see organizations that have a physical Kaizen board that daily improvements go on, and they have a, a, an actual box that suggestions go into, and then they send emails about the boards and the suggestions, and sometimes they take pictures of the sticky notes on them, and they do the same thing with the A3s and their VSNs, and, and before you know it, they've got they've got everything kind of you know 
in different ways trying to manage information and, and it just becomes a quagmire. Ultimately, they try to replicate this across every department and it, it's crazy. I, I'm not exaggerating. I saw one customer, they had over a hundred locations email a spreadsheet every month that they then had to cobble together by a centralized process improvement group so they could figure out how many ideas were added to the boards across an organization. I mean, it, I'm, I'm, as Mark said, I'm not a lean expert, but it, that has got to be in the seven ways of lean somewhere, right? There's some waste in that process. And so I, I think that in order to develop a system that provides deep insights and is still easy to use, it, it, it's, it's almost imperative that you get a platform. I'm not here to really pitch Kinexus on this webinar, but I, I think that there is a benefit to having a system that helps your people kind of do improvement work. That way you can track improvement work. So, so my advice here is invest in some system. You know, look at your IT group. Look at other platforms. Look, look at Kinexus. I mean, I can show you a couple of things in Kinexus, but when we see organizations start to take these, these boards, if you will, and they get them off the wall and they get them into kind of a more, a more digitized way, then almost immediately you can start to get visibility around the impact and around the results that you're driving. And so, so it's kind of a twofold problem, right? First, you've got to get your people to do the work in your system, but then once you do, you know, the benefits of having a system around this is extremely important. So I strongly recommend that you look at investing in some sort of a system, whether it be software or not, to try to, to solve this problem, because otherwise it's, it's just too much to do individually. So let's talk about the next one. This one's one I get a lot, trust. How do we do a reporting process that, that we can actually trust? So the way I look at this is, the gold standard for a great CI culture is that everyone in the organization is involved in improvement every day. Right? That's the holy grail, and I don't know if any of us have actually gotten there, but that's really what we're striving for. Now, we also know that improvement, it has to benefit the organization. Right? If, if you're doing great improvement work, the benefit to the organization should be evident. Otherwise, you're either not doing great improvement work or you're not measuring the benefit correctly. And so the question really is, well, how do you ensure that everybody's, everybody's doing improvement work every day and you're tracking the benefit to the organization? And so what I think is that there are three ways that, that you can look at this kind of thing, right? The first is, what kind of improvement is happening, right? At Kinexus, we call that activity. Activity tells you how hard the organization is trying. It tells you who really cares and, and who maybe do you, we need to work on a little bit more to participate. But, but knowing the activity, I think, is an extremely important variable here. And then the second thing you need to know is who's actually doing the improvement. right? So, so we would call that engagement. And engagement is one of the best ways to keep score over time. You're tracking averages. You're comparing yourself to those averages. You can see whether things are getting better. You can see whether 
kind of all the improvements are coming from one person or is it spread out across the entire team? You know, I would look at that as engagement. And again, I think it's one of the more important variables here. And then lastly, I think you need to know the actual results, the benefit. Right? It, it helps so much to be able to connect improvement to business value. And, and to me, it's one of the most requested features that we get about Kinexus. It's something that we see our customers do every day. They track variables like cost savings and revenue and time and, and even more qualitative measures like safety enhancements and, and quality and satisfaction and health and environment and, and all kinds of different things. But to me, by focusing on the metrics of activity, engagement, and impact, what you're doing is you're creating a set of checks and balances. Right? And that's how you end up trusting your data. Right? Engagement helps you to know if all your activity is coming from one place. Activity helps you to know if the impact is lucky. Did it all come from one improvement? Or is it coming from sustained results of a true improvement culture? So by tracking them all, you end up developing results that you can trust and that can help you make better decisions. And again, I'm going to just show a quick screenshot here, but it's something that our customers have taught us how to do. Right? We see these types of dashboards now across almost all of our customers where, where they're visually tracking activity and their, their, their understanding of impact within a team or a department and, and the, the tracking of engagement metrics. Really important concept to developing this and trusting the data that you're getting. So, so that would be my advice here. Activity, engagement, and impact, and, and focus on those three high-level variables. This is one that um, I think when people ask me kind of how they're really doing, um, you know, one, I think they're just kind of probing a little bit because it's hard to get an answer around this, but, but I think they're really asking me two questions. Right? So, so first, I think people want to know how are they performing, right? Or, or better said, are they getting better over time, right? Is, is next year better than last year? Is this year better than last year? Is this month better than last month, right? How do we look over time? How do we look versus ourselves now that we should be getting better at this process? But the second thing they're asking is how should we be performing, right? So, so essentially what they want to know is what does good look like and how close are we to being good. And so, so as far as this is concerned, I mean, I think these are two separate questions that all fall into the same bucket. From the, the concept of, of how are we performing, my, my biggest advice here is to develop a discipline around measuring often. Right? Again, we teach this to our, our, our organizations and their work processes. We, we see daily metrics, we see weekly check-ins, we see monthly stoplight reporting. We should have the exact same thing for our improvement metrics. We need to get more disciplined and we need to get where we're checking this on a, on a regular basis. Right? So by knowing kind of where we were, we know things that changed and ultimately what it leads to is we make better decisions. Right? We look at what came first, we see where we're at now, and we can make decisions about how to move forward. So 
I strongly recommend that you start to develop a habit and a discipline and a cadence around how you're reporting. Um, as far as measuring against the mean, you know, this one is um, this one's a little harder. Right? It's it's you know you have to find that information. You're kind of judging yourself against others, and you have to make some decisions about how you compare. And quite frankly, whether or not change is required, because because all of this data. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. There's tons of variables that go into applying here. But but I, you know, I would tell you that getting this outside data is important. You may want to take it with a grain of salt. You're at a different stage in your journey than someone else, and, and they might have different data. But I thought we'd go through just a couple of things that we see across Kinexus and, and talk about some ways that you could um, measure against the mean. So. 77%, this number is ticking upward right now, but this is something that we track very closely with our customers. We call it the implementation rate. Effectively, it's the percentage of all improvements that our customers implement where they actually make a change in their organization. And, and we want to see this as high as possible. I mean, we want to see improvement leading to measurable change. But you know, I would tell you if your numbers are way off base here, if you're only implementing a small fraction of the improvements that you're seeing, then there may be some things that you want to look at and you want to kind of keep an eye on because this has just been the mean across our customers and, and really between 75 and 85 percent has held steady over the last three years. So it, it seems to be a really consistent metric. Um, another one that's interesting is that across all of our customers, about 2.5 percent of their ideas have had a financial impact of more than $10,000, and about 1.4% of them have had an impact of, of more than $100,000. Now, here's the key. You can't just ask for these ideas. It'd be nice if you could. You know, you, you've got to do 100 of them in order to get 1.4. But again, I think it kind of gives you some benchmarks that you can use just to understand, you know, are we trending in the same direction as as what we see in other organizations. Same goes here. I mean, this is kind of the same concept. You know, if you, if you are, if you could take 200 improvements within your organization, you know, you should look and see if four of them worth at least $10,000 or two of them worth $100,000. You know, are you implementing 160 of those ideas? So that should give you some benchmarks that you can you can kind of measure against. Same thing goes here, right? If you keep track of, of improvements and as they increase financial metrics like, like revenue or time or cost, you know, th these are some averages of the impacts that we see across Kinexus. And again, it, it just gives you a way to measure what you're seeing in your organization against the mean. And so if any of you guys are interested in this, um, this is a, a really blown out slide, but we have an ebook on Kinexus.com called The ROI of Continuous Improvement. And it goes into detail about these and a, a, a number of additional metrics and variables here. So it's just a way that you can uh, that you can get a sense for how your organization compares to, to other organizations. So Another question I get all the time is, how do we get started? I think um, P 
people have trouble all the time getting over the hump. They struggle to get started measuring it. You know, it's, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think sometimes perfect becomes the enemy of good enough here, and, and people just have trouble getting the initial momentum started. Um, I tend to think in acronyms a lot. You know, the KISS acronym comes to mind here where, where too many people are just getting way too complex right out of the gate measuring improvement. They, you know, they'll end up trying to measure 15 metrics for every team, for every department across a large organization. And before you know it, they, they just they don't really know which metrics are driving success and they don't know which ones to focus on. So I think it's better to develop some discipline around reporting before you start trying to tackle some of the bigger issues. So if that means um, if that means just kind of starting small with just a couple of, of measures, I think that's important. You know, Kinexus customers have access to a ton of data, and we work with them to pick and choose which data points are important. But, but you may also be in a situation where you just have to measure whatever data you can get your hands on. And so, so if, if you have access to the number of the number of improvements, the financial impact, the percentage of those that go for a change. You know, that's a good place to start, right there, those three. And you can track that over time, and, and ultimately I think you, you'll get better and be able to add more mechanisms in. Um, I think that, again, just like we teach the rest of our organization, uh, the best principle we could use for how do we get started in continuous improvement measurement is PDCA. I mean, quite frankly, it's it's exactly what what we would tell someone else to do to try to solve this type of problem. And so we have got to create a plan. That plan should be simple. We can then take a couple of months and and kind of test that plan out and actually do it. And then not only are we checking at that point on how good our improvement work is doing, but we should be checking on how good our reporting mechanism is working. Right? And then we can adjust and we can change and we can do it over again. But I think that this is ultimately a really great principle that we could use just to apply to our own improvement processes and make sure that we do a better job from a reporting standpoint. So another one is, is and I think this one is just a challenge of scale that people go through all the time, is uh, how do we do this across our entire organization? And, it, it, and this one's a tough one because let's be honest, you know, you care about the results of the continuous improvement program, but, but not everyone is going to care as much as you do, but, but you want your people to care about it. And so I think what I've seen here, the main advice that I give people here is to think in terms of standards. Right? If you can create a consistent approach to measurement, it's going to be much easier to get people to follow your lead. Right? Everybody's got day jobs and, and you're trying to teach your people to choose good metrics to measure their day jobs. But, but regarding improvement, you might need to provide them some metrics that they should be tracking. Right? You may need to focus their attention on some specific metrics. Uh, again, I would advise activity, engagement, and impact. But but by you making it easier for them, right, and, and limiting the amount of mind share they have to put to this, 
and you might make it easier for them to actually um, actually do this kind of improvement measurement and help you out a little bit. I would also tell you, and again, you know, I'm not really trying to plug it, but some sort of a dashboard system really goes a long way. It helps to kind of create a standard if you've got multiple multiple locations within your organization. And you know, if you've got a similar dashboard that you know everyone sees and everyone knows that other people see, well then all of a sudden, you know, it starts to make the process easier to roll it out across a much bigger group. So again, it's something that I would I would recommend is figure out some sort of a dashboard strategy. It's got to be visual. It's got to be consistent. It'll help you to develop a standard, but I just think it'll make this process just significantly easier for people. And so, to me, you know, that's kind of how, right? How, how do we how do we solve some of these problems, right? How, how do we get started? How do we trust our data? How do we kind of build a system around it? How do we spread it across our teams? It, it, it is going to go back to you're going to have to answer these questions. You're going to have to look at these problems and you're going to have to decide how you're going to solve each one of them. That is a personal choice and a personal decision that you're going to make. But I think it's important to get there before you start getting into some of the tactics that you're going to use. But let's kind of talk about some of those tactics. Um, I didn't want to leave this webinar without feeling like I was giving some actionable advice. Um, I just, you know, it's important to me to kind of listen to what people are saying, and then I'm I'm always happy to give opinions on it. So, so let's talk a little bit about what are some of the things that you can do after this webinar to make sure that you're getting the most out of your continuous improvement reporting system. So I think in terms of lists and I think in terms of like an index, almost like a table of content. So as I was going through this in my mind, there were three guiding principles that really kind of stood out for me here. And just as I looked at all the different tactics that we were looking at, I was thinking, well, well what do we want to focus on? in order to get started, in order to make sure that we are optimized around CI reporting. And so the first of those is to get organized. Uh, this isn't rocket science. I, I get it that I'm not uh, telling you something you probably don't already, already know. But time and again, when I look at people's reporting solution in continuous improvement, it's all over the place. It's a, you know, a spreadsheet in every department. That spreadsheet is a little bit different for every group, right? It, it's pulled together into a bigger spreadsheet and shared in a SharePoint site and, and whatever. And so ultimately, you're trying to get your executives to trust data. You're trying to get your people to participate in a process. And, and it's almost impossible because there's no real organization. And so uh, whether you, you partner with a company like Kinexis or someone else or whatever, I think that focusing on this organization very acutely and, and committing to getting organized is extremely important. And it's one of the first steps. 
I get it, it's very high level, but it's a problem I see time and again, and it's something I really would recommend that you focus on. The next one is to be accurate. Um, this is a this is a big one, and it's one that again uh, can be tough. But but ultimately, you know, if you're not getting good data and you don't trust that data, then it's almost impossible to make good decisions. And so, if you're not getting accurate, timely data from your whiteboards, if your spreadsheets aren't coming in, you know, the same way every time, you've got a problem on your hands. If any of that's wrong, you're starting from square one every time you try to generate reports. So make sure that you're getting good, timely, accurate results. Figure out a process, standardize around it, and make sure that, that you're getting data that you can count on because ultimately your reporting is going to be better off for it, even if you don't make any other changes. If you just deal with the accuracy of your information, you'll be better off. And then develop discipline. This is one that that um, I think people know. I think, admittedly, though, is the hardest principle here. Um, might be the most important. In fact, I think it's probably the most important discipline around improvement in general. Right? We, we have tons of people that call us, and they know about improvement, and they know how to do reporting, and they know how to do it, but but they don't, right? Because they don't develop the discipline to make sure that they're doing this every day, that they are holding people accountable to metrics and to delivering metrics on a regular basis, that dashboards need to be kept up to date, right? And so figure out a way to develop the discipline. I like to think in terms of daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and then if you want to do an annual break. But I think there's a, there's a pattern that if we get into um, talking about this daily, then the weekly becomes easier. And if we meet weekly, then the monthly becomes easier. And if we meet monthly, then the quarterly is more impactful. And so, but getting it all starts with doing it on a regular basis. So something I would strongly recommend is developing a discipline around how you do your, your improvement reporting. Now, a little more tactical than that, I did uh, kind of looked at a couple of screens in Kinexus to see how people do this, and, and it's something we see all the time. Right? This is a project impact board. Right? We, we, we see and teach our customers to go through this kind of information regularly. Schedule meetings, put this up on a board, walk through this data. Once people know it's important, then it becomes easier to hold people accountable to it. So whether you're looking at kind of the impact summary of an entire organization, whether you're project by project, just the, the cadence, uh, again, organization, accuracy, and discipline. I think it matters. Okay, so to wrap things up, I'm going to talk about 10 ways to improve continuous improvement reporting before 2018. I didn't know if I could really lend a hand to help you get through this year. It's kind of late. We've only got a couple of weeks left, and most everybody I'm talking to is taking vacation. But by this time next year, I would hope that we've gotten better at reporting and we make it a lot less stressful. And so let's talk through kind of my thoughts about how we can get better next year in our continuous improvement reporting. Number one is start right now. 
just go do it. Right? Start measuring something. Take a small team, take one person, use a spreadsheet, do whatever you've got to do to start measuring improvement right now. And if you're measuring improvement, figure out a different measure, figure out a new metric and start measuring that. Just just go out and do it. It's just like kind of developing a Kaizen culture. Sometimes you just have to ask for ideas. Right? It's the same thing. So I would advise anybody who's kind of kind of sitting on that, that hill and not ready to, to make the move, just, just make the move. Uh, the second thing, and this really isn't so much reporting or improvement specific, but I think you need to develop and teach a growth mindset. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have ever read the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, but I, I would highly recommend it. It talks about the critical nature of how what we think leads to our success and how, how people that have a growth mindset ultimately outperform those that have kind of a fixed mindset. And the same holds true within teams and organizations. And we have to realize that it's not that we're bad at doing continuous improvement reporting, it's that we just haven't learned how to do it properly yet. And so the experiences that we have, the experiences that we have to teach our teams are that they can get better at this and they, they have to develop the right mindset to do it. So I would teach a growth mindset. I would also say, and I, I mentioned this a few times, focus on the three key areas, activity, engagement, and impact. Right? Know how much improvement you're doing, know who's doing that improvement, and know what business impact that leads to within your organization. Number four, measure against last year and against the mean. Right? Know, know how you're doing and know how you should be doing. Right? Again, we talked about this earlier, but you know, it, it is a way to correct what needs to be corrected or celebrate what needs to be celebrated. And, and it's an easy way to kind of bucket the two areas that you should be looking at. Set goals this year. Right? This is one I hear all the time. People, uh, we ask them kind of what their goals are around continuous improvement, and quite frankly, they don't have them. They don't have them written down. They know they want to get better, but they haven't really made a plan and made decisions about what better really looks like. And so don't let that happen next year. Right? It's too late for 2016, but it's not too late for 2017. So figure out some goals. Make them smart goals. But set goals this year so that next year you're not going to be in the same position. Choose a few small wins to celebrate. And, and to be quite honest, do it, do it this month or next month. Some of my favorites that I've seen our customers celebrate, uh, we, had a, we had a customer that, that gave out an award for the smallest financial impact improvement. And, and it's pretty amazing because it kind of signaled to the organization that it's not all about money and we do care about the small ideas. But it, it really was something that, kind of got a laugh and, and made everyone smile and, and got everyone thinking about improvement. We've seen people give the wildfire award or the peanut butter award for the, the idea most likely to spread to others. I just You can get really creative with this, but choose a few small wins and celebrate those wins right now. Get into the habit of celebrating those wins, and I think you'll be better for it and your people will reward you for it. 
Develop a measurement standard. I think this one is uh, extremely important. It's a little technical, and let's be honest, it's hard. But if you're going to focus on activity engagement and impact, develop a standard around that. Right? You know, get people to to measure in a similar way across the organization. One, it makes your life easier aggregating, but two, it just it, it makes it easier for people to learn from one another because no matter where you're at in the organization you're still working within the same standard. So this is one I strongly recommend. As number eight, develop dashboards. I mean, organization will set you free. Um, you know, we see stoplight reports. We see uh, scoreboard type dashboards. We see visual boards. But develop a series of dashboards, whether they're virtual or manual. You know, make sure people can see this information and, and make sure that they know you care. And then I would say invest in a software solution designed to help. It does not have to be Kinexus, but I'd love it if it was. But, but there's no doubt that as we get better in improvement science and as we get better at continuous improvement, software is going to play a role. It's going to make things easier. It will break down the barriers. It will uh, help people to engage more frequently. You know, now's the time to think about that. You know, it, you can, you can. Now's a great time. There's a number of solutions in the market. You, you should be looking at them. There's just no doubt in my mind that if you're going to improve the way you do improvement, then technology has to be part of that equation. So I would, I would definitely recommend looking at that. And then last, and this is one that I think people forget more than any is listen to your people. Quite honestly, um, we say it from a Kaizen perspective is that the people who do the work are going to know how to improve the work. Well, your people who are helping you to measure improvement, they're going to be able to tell you how to improve that measurement process. So make sure you're asking them on a regular basis. Make sure that you're, you're opening the lines of communication and getting ideas from them, and they'll, they'll pay you back tenfold. So, Mark, I appreciate you handing the reins over to me. I, uh, I hope it was helpful to everyone out there. Um, I'm going to turn it back over to you, and you can talk about kind of our next steps here. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. And while we make a few announcements here, I'd encourage people to uh, continue submitting questions using the GoToWebinar control panel. Our next webinar, I will be playing uh, a more active role. I'll be the presenter on uh, January 24th, 2017, uh, a webinar titled How to Manage Your Improvement Metrics More Efficiently and More Effectively. So uh, not just a matter of your year-end reporting of improvement results, but improvement metrics that could include on-time delivery performance for a manufacturer, patient satisfaction metrics for a hospital, you know, ongoing operational metrics, and how to, you know, take, uh, you know, I think simple yet statistically valid views of your data on an ongoing basis. So how do you know when you need to do some root cause analysis or, you know, how do you make sure you're not just overreacting to every up and down in the data set? Um, so that's going to be the topic for January. It sounds like that might be really dry, but I think we'll have 
some fun with that webinar. You can register for that right now if you go to kinexus.com slash webinars. We have registration open for that to kind of help kick off the new year. Beyond that next webinar in, uh, in this format, Greg Jacobson and I are going to continue uh, the Ask Us Anything series. So we've done 11 of those so far. Um, no, we've done 10 so far. Episode 11 will be February 8th um, in the same time slot. Um, you can view past episodes of those. We, we've been doing about 30-minute chats, all sorts of different questions about continuous improvement and, uh, and our business. You can find uh, a link to that as well if you go to kinexus.com slash webinars. You can do a search uh, on YouTube. We do a Google search for Kinexus Ask Us Anything. would also invite you to check out our webinars on demand sections. So you can find a link to that on the main webinars page. You can find it in uh, the main menu on the kinexus.com website. We have a really, really large varied library of webinars uh, from past years. Uh, currently putting together the schedule for next year. Uh, we should have another 12 webinars with Kinexus customers, internal Kinexus people like myself and Jeff, um, outside experts um, and, and thought leaders. So we're going to be bringing you those webinars again in 2017. Um, you can view the recordings. I also encourage you to check out our podcast series. So if, if you like to listen to podcasts during your commute or while exercising, um, you can find a lot of our webinar recordings in our podcast feed. You can find sometimes we read blog posts in audiobook format. Um, you can find that uh, at kinexus.com slash podcast. You can find it through iTunes and all the familiar usual places to find podcasts. Um, one thing we would ask, if you enjoy the podcast format and the podcast series, um, go to iTunes, and if you don't mind leaving uh, a review with a star rating and uh, some feedback and comments, that would be really helpful for us to help spread the word and to continuously improve our podcasts. So thank you in advance for doing that. And we have our blog, blog.kinexus.com. Um, lots of stuff being published there all the time. I encourage you to... Um, Check that out on the site. You can sign up for email uh, updates, get those posts sent to you. Lots of good content there. So those are the announcements. We've got some time here uh, for, for Q&A. So, Jeff, you feel ready to go? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, this first question, this is almost more along the lines of uh, an Ask Us Anything type question. Um, What's your why, Jeff? What made you, you know, as a salesperson, want to join Kinexus and, and sell this type of software? Of all the different things you could you could do, what's your why? Yeah, great question. I love it. Um, so I didn't realize when I joined. I, I had a career in software sales, nearly nearly 20 years of software sales. And, and I had no idea that I was a lean thinker. I had no idea that, that naturally I just thought in a lean way and that made me feel good. It gave me energy to think that way. And so I didn't even really know what lean was, to be honest, until I met Greg, Greg Jacobson, our founder. But when I figured out what it was and when I figured out what continuous improvement was, it just naturally fit with my belief system on how I should 
manage my life and how organizations should be managed. Um, I, I'm a big believer in bottom-up organizational culture building, and it's how I try to build the sales organization here at Kinexus. It, it just fit naturally into a belief system that I probably could not have even articulated when I joined Connect Kinexus, but uh, it's something that I love, and it gives me energy now every day, and it's just been a blessing to be here for almost three years now, Mark. It'll be three years in February. Ah, okay. Didn't mean to shortchange you there. <laughs> <laughs> you've learned so much in three years that it feels like you you had accelerated learning in, in just two. <laughs> I'm still drinking from the fire hose, let's say that. I thought, I thought you'd learn, yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. Congratulations in advance on... Uh, on that milestone. Yeah, um, so, uh, what are your thoughts? You can talk a little bit more about benchmarking. Um, is there risk that if you compare yourself to others, that that's uh, that that's limiting versus comparing yourself to the best that you can do as an organization? How do you find that balance? Yeah, that's a great question, and you you may even have kind of good insights into this. Um, I think, and I said it a little bit earlier, you know, this data doesn't come in a vacuum. You know, it doesn't come in a bubble. It's not comparing apples to apples. There's no doubt about it. We see some organizations and they implement 90 plus percent of their improvements and others, you know, are much lower than that, but they still really do good improvement work and their people still care about improving the organization. Uh, we see companies that they don't track financial results at all. They just track qualitative measures, and others are very, very, very disciplined about you know monthly tracking of data and, and making sure that it's completely accurate. I, I don't know if there's a right or a wrong answer here. I agree with you that it can be dangerous to only compare to only compare against outside entities. Uh, I think they can kind of help you know whether or not you are playing the game correctly. But at the end of it, I, I think you're right. Measuring against yourself is, is really the right way to do it. You know, it's, uh, it, it's going to be more effective at improving in the long run. Yeah, you know, I would add, um, as a question of who you benchmark. I think sometimes organizations benchmark organizations or try to benchmark organizations that are exactly like them, you know, uh, a small dairy producer in Vermont that's owned by a left-handed CEO. You know, a lot of times you'll see people post online, we're looking to find another small Vermont dairy producer that has a left-handed CEO that we can benchmark against. Well, I think you can stretch your horizons by benchmarking yourself against other industries and organizations that are not like you. Um, you know, I, I think, let's say in healthcare, if you're bench benchmarking yourself how many continuous improvement ideas are you generating and implementing per person each year? You know, you, you can benchmark against other health systems, but if you benchmark yourselves against Toyota or AutoLeave or manufacturers like that, you may realize they set the bar much higher. Realize, well, instead of going from two to four ideas per person per year, could we do 50? And you know, you're starting to compare yourself more against an ideal than you are against somebody just like you. Um, one, one other thought, and this wasn't the question, but it makes me think about goal setting. Um, looking into next year, I see a lot of times organizations set 
goals for the year that are suspiciously close to last year's goals. It's, it's not much of a, a stretch to drive improvement. Um, I, you know, say I, I think one organization that you know, had posted in the lobby that you know this year's patient satisfaction goal was you know 3.52 out of five on the survey scores. How, did, how in the heck do you pick 3.52? Like, well, you know, last year's number was 3.49. I'm like, well, that's just I mean, that's 3.52 and 3.49 are essentially the same number. Um, that's something I'll talk about in my January webinar. Someone, someone there listening says, "Well, no, one's higher than the other." But well, when you when you take into account variation and you know the messiness in data or noise in the data, you know, 3.52 isn't necessarily better, and it's certainly not significantly better. So that that's the other thing I, I would raise. Um, you know, set goals that are challenging. Um, and, and, and use that to, to spur more improvement. Yeah, and, and Mark, I'll add to that just quickly. One of the things that surprises me every time we look at the, the data in Kinexus is how how the, the industry doesn't seem to matter. Right. You know, it, it's how it's 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 the same. We've got top performers, middle performers, bottom performers you know, across a ton of different industries, and and you can't look at the data and really benchmark based on industry. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. That's a good thought. Um, here's a question, and Jeff, maybe if you can navigate back to the slide with the impact board. Okay. Uh, questions to hear that, that you, you went, I was still <laughs> I was still reading that when you jumped past it. Can you take a little bit deeper dive into? Yeah, so, so I, I kind of showed this. These boards have become a very popular way for our customers to compare different things. We have we have these boards that can be drawn out for this one just showing all the different projects in an organization and happen to be tracking financial impact. Remember we talked activity engagement and impact and so we could track we could have boards like this for each of those three measures. But what we've seen is that in some instances what you're not trying to you're not necessarily trying to get a total, you're trying to compare multiple multiple things and these these dashboards like this are extremely helpful for that so here I'm looking at all the projects in a system but I could just as easily be looking at all the departments or all the users and and compare and contrast in a way like that so these boards are just designed as a way to view information from a lot of different entities all at once and then do some sorting and make some comparisons so you can make some decisions And then can you also kind of go through that chart a little bit then this in, one. in relation to that? Yeah. This one, yeah. So so this is kind of taking, you know, very similar information and, and showing it in a more aggregate view. This is one I think people, this is a view in Kinexus people like a lot because it helps them to communicate to their executives uh, on the results that they're having. But, but most of our customers break down their improvement metrics across some pretty similar categories. Satisfaction, whether that be employee or or customer satisfaction, quality, safety, and then some of the more kind of quantitative measures like cost savings, revenue, time, uh, and sometimes those are one time and sometimes those are recurring. And so this is just a way of kind of visualizing that you know, aggregating this information and then using that to report back 
either to the manager of a team or to the executive group. Yeah, we've got um, a couple of minutes left. Um, this question, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump it ahead back to the, uh, the Q&A slide. Um, Jeff, you talked about activity, engagement, and impact. I'm curious, as, as the sales leader, how would you kind of break down, how do you measure and, and think about what you're going to be doing in 2017 in terms of activity, engagement, and impact? Yeah, great question. I think there's two ways that I look at it. Um, one is, you know, our sales metrics have activity, engagement, and impact, right? And so, so if you think about kind of a, a just a sales organization, I'll just do a little sales 101, right? We drive we drive marketing, and that in turn drives leads, and those leads become sales opportunities. And then hopefully those sales opportunities become partners of Kinexus. Well, there's a number of activity metrics such as calls that we make, emails that we send, uh, meetings that we host, demos that we give that, that I track aggressively. So, so I, we set some goals around those and then track them over time. And those become what I would consider to be the leading indicators. And then from there, uh, from an engagement standpoint, I found it hard on the sales side to be kind of scientific around that. So a lot of what we do is qualitative, where I'll, I'll I call it going to Gemba. I'll sit on sales calls with with our team, and I'll listen to their presentations and their conversations, and then provide feedback and make sure that they're engaged in the process of becoming the type of salespeople that we want to be here at Kinexus. And then impact's a little easier for us because we know, you know, the number of deals we get and, and the, the ultimate, you know, the lifeblood of any organization, it's revenue that, that comes straight from that. In addition to that, we also do a very similar thing with improvement. So we meet daily uh, as a sales group to talk about potential opportunities for improvement and problems that we're having. And, um, and then we track those in Kinexus. You know, we, we try to eat our own dog food uh, we're not net nearly as good yet at quantifying the impact of the changes that we make, but that's one of the goals for 2017 is to get better at quantifying that impact. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that from a sales perspective. Um, you know, I get it. It's not a, you know, maybe what people would consider a traditional lean part of an organization, but I have to think that there are principles that can be applied even from a sales standpoint that will help make us yeah. – better at what we do. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Lean is not about a better way of building cars. It's uh, it's not just for operations. We can apply lean thinking into everything. So, um, Jeff, thank you for answering your questions. We're out of time. Thank you to uh, everyone who uh, registered or everyone who is viewing um, the recording. Um, we encourage you um, to come back in 2017, check out um, our, our ongoing webinar series, you can sign up for notifications about that uh, and view webinars on demand at kinexus.com slash webinars. And if you want to check out just about the company and our solutions in general, um, go to www.kinexus.com. Uh, on behalf of Jeff Roussel and the entire Kinexus team, uh, again, this is Mark Raven. Thank you for joining us today.